Welcome back, everyone. This is Gameplay. I'm your host, Matthew Cause. Joining us now, it is Wesley Chang, betting and fantasy content expert with TSN Edge, focused on the NBA. Wesley, good afternoon. Thanks for joining the show today. Hey, Cause. Good afternoon, man. Glad to be here. Yeah, good to, uh, good to have you here. Um, I look at the line, and I see 28, 11, and 3, and 1 block from Joel Embiid. And my first thought is, wow. You uh, you really uh, let your team down last night. <laughs> yeah, Joel Embiid, man, we need him stat padding, going for forty a night. Otherwise, he's not going to be in that MVP conversation. But where uh, is he? Where is he? What's he doing? I I think Doncic. I, I no, Doncic. Should be uh, um, Nikola Jokic had like a triple double the night before. What's Embiid doing? Not putting up forty. Yeah, take him off the list, man. You know what? We gave him a little bit of love. Let's pull him right back off his MVP chart. He uh, he can go right back into the throws with all the other guys at the bottom. <laughs> I, 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 I got to tell you, like, I'm such a hypocrite because part of me makes fun of Embiid, making it so personal, going, oh, no one likes me and no one wants to vote for me. But I think I need some of that in my MVP race. Because I heard the reporters talking to Jokic the other day about he's averaging a triple double, and he's like, "Ooh, like he Jokic just does not care at all about stats." Yeah, I mean, like you got that. So you got that character in this called a narrative of MVP, and you got Joel Embiid, okay, going full, you know, uh, going full WWE crotch chopping, and you know, yeah. He's, uh, you know, you need the heel, right? Someone's got to be out there, right, playing that role, and I think uh, Embiid. And B's actually been kind of quiet, to be honest, compared to previous seasons. He's been quiet about all yeah. this stuff. Like, he's kind of putting his head down. But uh, now that Philly, they're starting to get on a roll, now that he's kind of getting some attention on a national media standpoint, I think I think he's going to get a little bit more vocal. I, I pointed it out uh, early, ahead of that Nuggets game. I was like, you know, 8-1 to one to win MVP. Joel's not really been in the conversation at all. Uh, at any point this year, eight to one. By the time the game was said and done, he dropped down to plus three thirty. It's crazy. So, uh, it, it's like I, I've been kind of describing it, kind of like like a heavyweight. Do you got a good comp for this? I don't. I'm not a big bo- like I'm not a super big boxing guy, but it feels like it's a heavyweight trilogy where the guy like the the favorite has won both the first two fights. Yeah. Do you have a comp? Do you have a comp for that? I don't have a comp for that, but that's what this feels like. It's like. Embiid's trying to come back for a third fight when everybody knows Jokic is the better guy, but you know he won't back down. He still wants uh, a piece of the uh, Jokic. Yeah, because usually part three, everyone is one one, and then you yeah, know part yeah, three yeah. is for it all. This is more just a, I don't know safe face, but no, you're, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I guess as long as Denver's number one, and if Philly stays at three. That uh, I, I think that for me is, is still going to give the edge to to Jokic because all the writers are now like, oh no, everyone's on to us. They know we get bored and we just vote on narrative, so we've got to we got to go in a, in a different direction. But yeah, to uh, add to that, to both of their credit, these are both career years. Yes, for these two guys. So I mean, you can't ask them to do any more, right? Oh no, so no, no, they, no. Good, good for them. It's just uh, where the season, like where their stand, uh, season ends for them, where they end up in the standings. I think that plays a massive factor. And, I mean, shout out to Denver to getting to the top of the West. You know, they, they've earned the right. Yeah, and if, and if Embiid does win it, great. Uh, deserving, fantastic on defense and all of that. Um, as for the Raptors, I, you know, this is going to sound so stupid, but I think we're now at the point where they're just not a good team. 
And that, like, I, I think we, we've given them so much the benefit of the doubt. But it's not just that they're 23 and 30. It's their 27th in field goal percentage on offense. They're 28th, uh, 28th in field goal percentage on defense. So they're at the bottom being able to score. They're at the bottom in stopping other teams from scoring. And, and I do wonder, Wesley, this is more of a basketball question than, than fantasy or betting, but do we, like, now I wonder, do we look at last year and that 48 wins, do we look at that as the anomaly? I mean, I, I, can't, I can't really tell you why their half-court offense has dropped off, like, as it has this year. Um, but it is it's a pretty glaring hole uh, as a part of the challenges that they've faced all season. Um, yeah, you could argue last year they overachieved, and then just this year they're on the complete opposite end. They, I mean, they're actually one of the most underachieving teams in the NBA. Um, I think the stats prove that the expected wins, like the plus-minus in terms of where their actual um, their actual record should be, is like one of the worst. So, and let me just pull this up. While yeah, they're literally dead last. They're mm-hmm. minus four point four wins. Um, in terms of where the record should be. So they okay, in that metric, they've been kind of the most unlucky team in the NBA so far this season. So they have that argument that they can stand on. But at the same time, when you watch these games, it's very clear their half-court offense has some fundamental flaws. And I think they really got so kind of two feet in on this vision, you know, six foot nine vision, everybody, you know, kind of interchangeable, yada, yada, yada. The theory is great on the defensive end. I think the potential for them still works on the defensive end, but it takes a lot of organization from a coaching standpoint and a player IQ standpoint to know how to defend and switch so fluidly with that type of system. And then going back to the offense, I just think you can't have five guys like that who all have the same kind of skill set and build try to operate an offense like it shows up every night the biggest thing i always say is i don't want to give like Kyrie his flowers as an example okay oh no oh no i don't want to give dame i don't want to give dame his flowers as well in this situation but what i'm trying to say is like we don't have a player like that who is so explosive off the bounce that other teams have to like fully break down their their defense just to account for a primary ball handler that the raptors might have an offense Fred's been playing amazing, coming off a triple-double, but he doesn't have that gravity. He doesn't force the opposing team to have to like completely collapse. The Raptors need something like that. Or, on the flip side, have a center who can really make things difficult for opposing teams in the paint and just you know either set really good screens, make open shots for our, our other teammates, or he himself can just like you know seal off the paint and get a bunch of easy buckets Every shot for the Raptors just looks so difficult. And that's oh, yeah. Like, I think yeah. you just look at them. They're like laboring every point. If it's not a transition basket, every point looks like it's so high-degree difficulty. And that's just not sustainable, especially with how the NBA is played today. No, you're right. And, and labored is the perfect word to describe the offense of the Raptors. Um it, it, let's talk about OG Ananobi because you can examine this from a fantasy perspective because you see all the numbers and see how valuable he is. How val- like this is as healthy as he's been since his third year. He's 25. He's great on defense. Shoots the ball well. Just how valuable would an OG Ananobi be on a true contending team? 
I mean, I'll give you the perfect fit. I think you're hearing some noise about Memphis, right? Uh, Memphis yeah. is a name. Memphis is a team that's out there rumored to be in the OG sweepstakes. That would, to me, make them a championship contender. Like, it, it, their odds should shorten to be like a top four championship contender. Um, OG is one of these players you can plug him in to pretty much any of the 29 teams in the NBA. And that team will be better, like better off. So uh, I think just the, the sheer audience that is out there listening for or presenting offers for OG, I think tells you um, everything you need to know. You know, some like I'm using Siakam as an example, right? Siakam also is an All NBA player. He's obviously extremely talented, but to have a guy like that who's somewhat of your primary, like a primary score for an offense. He's a little bit tougher to integrate into a team, whereas like OG Ananobi doesn't necessarily need the ball uh, as much as somebody like Siakam. Yet his strengths are so applicable: three-point shooting, defense, steals, transition, all those things. Any team can pick up a guy like that, and they're better off. Oh yeah, it's funny to say, but in some ways, um, Fred Van Vliet is an easier guy to trade. He's not as good as Siakam. But he's also a guy that comes from the Kyle Lowry school of basketball where he doesn't need to shoot. He doesn't mind being the fourth option, and he can just be there helping everyone else around him. And his effectiveness doesn't require him taking 20 shots a night. Absolutely. Fred Fred is another guy I think fits in very well. Um, but, you know, OG, Fred, I get why there's so much noise. There's <laughs> two really good players. And I'm not surprised one bit that other execs in the NBA are actively looking at them to see if they can, you know, catch them for, you know, 70 cents on the dollar. Wesley Chang is joining us from TSN Edge, covering all things basketball. So I saw two um, boosts on FanDuel. Giannis, Kawhi, and Paul George to all score 25 points tonight, Bucks and Clippers. I would love to see that. Um, That went from plus 250 to plus 300 yay or nay on that bet um i I, i'd probably i'd probably stay away you know the problem it's the cannibalizing right i think Giannis Mm -hmm. will for sure i'm pretty confident Kawhi will as well but with pg and Kawhi, it's sometimes either or yeah it's very rarely the two of them together and then the the other note there is milwaukee's defense is very sound especially that everyone's healthy now I wouldn't – actually, that's my play, to be honest, uh, just as a general, to- uh, general note. Any opportunity where I see a number that doesn't uh, – that's not really being accounted for against Milwaukee's defense, I'll try to play an under. So they're not a defense to mess with right now. I wouldn't, I wouldn't take that boost. Maybe Kawhi gets there, but I, I, I'd be very shocked if both of them do. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that's right. The cannibalizing factor is is so important. All right, I'll leave you with this question, uh, just because there's no Leafs on tonight, there's no Raptors on tonight, but we do have Memphis versus Cleveland. Morant, Donovan Mitchell, to each get 20 points and six assists or more. That's been boosted on FanDuel from 227 to plus 270. Thoughts? Of those two, that's the one I'd probably take. Now, if what I think is going to bust this is Mitchell assists. Um, Garland really does do the passing for the team. Mitchell's kind of their gunner. Um, but of those two, yeah, I take the I take that one over the uh, the honest uh, Kawhi one. 
always appreciate Wesley. Thank you so much for joining. Actually, before we go, is there is there? I mean, because there's a really good slate of NBA games on tonight. Is there anything else you got your eye on? Anything LeBron related? You know, you got Miami, New York, um, Golden State, Denver. Damn, it is a good night of basketball. It's a good night of basketball. So the main thing, LeBron's questionable. So I just, I when I see those, I just don't touch them until I know for sure. Um, yep. But I would say uh, give a little CanCon love out there. Golden State, they're very likely going to sit all of their starters tonight. I think that's a really good spot for Jamal Murray. Mm. Uh, Nikola right. Jokic, you know how he operates? He's such an unselfish player. Yeah. So in a situation like this where they're playing the scrubs for the Warriors at home and Golden State coming off a really bad loss on a back-to-back, I think Jokic is going to open the door for uh, Jamal Murray to get his flowers tonight. Love it. Love it. Flowers right back at you. Always love when you join the show. <laughs> Check them out at tsn.ca slash edge. It is Wesley Chang. Wesley, thanks so much for joining the show. Hey, cause Always a pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, right back at you.